It was Thursday, the 15th of June, 1815. In the spring of the previous year, most of Europe had breathed a sigh of relief when, after 22 years of war, Prussians, Austrians and Russians had advanced on Paris from the east, while Wellington, with his Peninsula veterans, had crossed the Pyrenees and reached as far as Toulouse in the south. Napoleon had abdicated as Emperor of the French, Louis XVIII had been brought back from exile in England to sit on the throne of the Bourbons, and the Corsican ogre banished to the Mediterranean island of Elba. To some of his soldiers, he was said to have whispered that he would be back with the first of the violets. In 1815, the violets were out, and Allied statesmen were redrawing the map of Europe at the Congress of Vienna, when, early in March, news came that Napoleon had escaped and landed in France. At once they declared him an outlaw, and agreed to keep a total of 800,000 troops in the field until he was defeated. Louis XVIII fled, and Napoleon collected an army of veterans, reservists and volunteers, quickly welded into a formidable force by the power of his name and new visions of glory. But time was on nobody's side. If the vast crawling masses of the Allies ever reached the French frontiers in all their strength, Napoleon could not hope to stop them. He needed a quick victory against the nearest forces already mustering against him. Then the enemy coalition might agree to terms, for he was feared as well as hated. Among the Allies, on the other hand, the one desire was to crush the monster before he could make more trouble. Napoleon, loose, on the rampage, again in Europe, and who knew what might happen? So their build-up too had to be fast, and in the Netherlands as the most threatened point. Marshal Blucher, a vigorous 72, was advancing from the northeast with his Prussian forces. The Duke of Wellington, hero of the war in Spain from which he'd driven the French, was appointed to command the Anglo-Netherlands army, a mixed lot of which he had an extremely low opinion. Most of his Dutch and Belgian troops were of doubtful loyalty. The Dutch, because the Allies had recently imposed on them a king from the House of Orange, whom they did not want, and the Belgians because for 20 years their country had been a province of France and many of them had fought for Napoleon and shared in his victories. So treachery was in the air, and worse still, Wellington had with him only 7,000 of his Peninsula veterans, his fighting cocks as he called them. The rest had either been disbanded or were on the other side of the Atlantic, waiting to return after the American-Canadian War. Reinforcements, when they came, were mostly raw youths straight from the plough. In April, Wellington wrote to a friend in Vienna, I have got an infamous army, very weak and ill-equipped, and a very inexperienced staff. But weeks later, at the end of May, he was slightly more confident. In a Brussels park, he was accosted by an old acquaintance, Thomas Creevy, who quizzed him about the battle everyone knew was coming. Now then, will you let me ask you, Duke, what you think you will make of it? By God, I think Blucher and myself can do the thing. Uh, do you calculate upon any desertion in Bonaparte's army? Not upon a man. From the colonel to the private in a regiment, both inclusive. We may pick up a marshal or two, perhaps, but not worth a damn. Then he pointed to a British infantry private gaping at the statues in the park. There. It all depends upon that article, whether we do the business or not. Give me enough of it, and I am sure. Wellington and Blucher admired and respected each other, but were very different characters. 
Wellington, aloof, the cool strategist and tactician, using his troops as carefully as a chess player his pieces. Blucher, hot-blooded, a scrapper, if ever there was one, impulsive, burning with hatred for Napoleon, generously emotional. At the end of May, he and Wellington inspected a British troop of horse artillery. Wellington was satisfied with what he saw, but Blucher burst out, My God! There is not one horse in this battery which is not good for Philip Marshall! And on the other side of the frontier, rapidly approaching for all anyone knew, Napoleon, the master of war. To his troops, no longer a human being, but a god. By mid-June, Wellington had 85,000 troops of all arms. Blucher, 170...